0: with Brother Carrick,er we need to have, amen, some to go out tomorrow on outreach, amen, you go and just start inviting people to the house of God, we got flyers tonight, if you would like to take them, and, and if you would like to maybe just at home, spend some time in prayer, and go out and invite individuals, friends, loved ones, neighbors, co-workers, amen, just invite somebody to the house of God amen but we want to invite those that would would come spend some time in prayer here at the house of god and then maybe there are uh there are some places that maybe you would like to go we need bus workers amen we need some young people that would go to the uh uh, to the uh, to the college amen we just need to get out and let this community know amen that jesus is real amen i mean that jesus is real Amen. The world is full tonight of things that are plastic, things that are not real. Amen. But I want you to know that when you come in contact with Jesus, you find Him to be real. Praise God. Amen. Let's go to uh, Judges chapter fifteen. We'll begin reading at verse number nine. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. Philistine, the Philistines was uh, the enemy of the Israelites, Israelite. Uh, the Israelites was God's people. The Philistines were their adversaries. And the enemy came up against Judah, who Judah was uh, a country of Israel. And the Bible says that the Philistines came up against them and spread themselves in Lehi. The men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? And they answered to bind Samson, that we have come up to do to him as he hath done to us. Samson was a young man that was dedicated to the Lord at a very young and tender age. There was a vow that was placed upon him. It was called the Nazarite vow. And that particular vow held uh, very high uh, regards to serving Jehovah. There were certain things that that a Nazarite would not do. Uh, There were standards that were put up. And these particular standards were things that they would not uh, go against. And some of the things such as uh, the vows that Samson had was he would not touch any deadly thing he would not drink any strong drink he would not uh, cut the locks of his hair different things it was vows that was made to his God Uh, there were standards uh, that were put up uh, standards that would keep him uh, faithful to God and the Bible says the enemy came up against Judah particular place area that Samson had gone the Bible talks about the reason why Samson went there is certain things took place in his life and he had gone to the Philistines and he had caught foxes, tied tails together, sent them out into their olive yards, into their vineyards and caught them on fire and destroyed them and so the enemy was going to come and take care of Samson. And the Bible says that as they came to Judah, and I'm trying to lay a foundation so you understand what is taking place at this particular time. The Bible says that they came up to Judah where Samson was at this particular time to get him. They wanted to destroy him. And then as they came to Judah, Judah said, Why have you come up against us? And they said, We've come to get Samson. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Edom, where Samson was, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? Judah had lost sight of what was important. They took their eyes off of Jehovah, and they had their eyes on the things of the world, and by doing that, we read of in Deuteronomy, the Bible says, Here it is the Lord our God as one Lord, went on to talk about how thou to serve with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and in one particular scripture, in that same chapter it said that the Lord is a jealous God. And that if Israel, God's people, would ever turn their eyes from Him and look to the world, the Bible says the Lord would allow the enemy to come and overtake them. And so what was happening here at this particular time, Judah had taken their eyes off of Jehovah, had their eyes upon the things of the world, and God said, well, if you love them that much, and I'm going to let them come, and I'm going to let them overtake you. And that's why the men of Judah said, unto samson don't you know that the philistines are rulers over us what is this that thou hast done unto us and he said to them as they did unto me have i done unto them and they said unto him we have come down to bind thee that we may deliver thee into the hand of the philistines and samson said unto them swear unto me that you will not fall upon me yourselves and they spake unto him saying no but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him from the rock. I hope you heard that. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. My. And Samson said with the jawbone of an ass, Heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass that when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ray math li i which means I have lifted up a jawbone. Look what I have done. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given, he recognized now who had given him the victory. Oh. When? when? Well, he thought he was going to die. for Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God claimed a hollow place that was in the jaw. And there came water there out. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof, that place that he had called before, Ramath Lehi, that which I have done, he changed the name. And he called it in Inhachorim, which means a well of him that cried. And it is in Lehi unto this day. Praise God. I know you've been standing, but one more time, I want us to lift our hands and ask God to speak to our hearts. Realize what time it is, and I will hurry. I will not want to belabor you too much longer. Amen. But if the Holy Ghost gets to moving, amen, we'll let God do the work. Praise God. Amen. I want to preach the hearts of individuals that are here tonight. I want to preach to not just our visitors, but I also want to preach to those that are here. Amen. That God has changed your life. That God has delivered from a world of sin. That God has given you a clear direction. God has put your feet on a solid rock. He's not put your feet any longer on the swifting sands of the world, but He has brought you out of of the world. He's brought you out of my clay. He's brought you out of the pit, and He put your feet on a solid rock to stay. Hallelujah. When Jesus Christ filled you with His Spirit, He filled you to keep you. Amen. He did not fill you with the Holy Ghost to allow the devil to come and rip you off hallelujah i want to preach tonight on this thought from these setting of scriptures that i have read to you tonight i want to preach on this thought priceless commodities priceless commodities if we are going to live victorious if we are going to be victorious Christians, if we are going to take one step at a time and be victorious every day that we live, we have got to come to the realization that we need Jesus. I said, We must come to the realization I must have Jesus in my life. I cannot be victorious in this world if I don't have Jesus. If Jesus is not in my heart and in my life, I will. Will be a prey that the enemy will be able to come and will be able to overcome me I don't just need him when things are going good or when things are going bad or when it just seems convenient or when things you know just you know when everything is is going the way I want it to go or when there's a rough time or a rough spot in the middle of the road but it's got to come to that place in everyone's life I've got that have Jesus every day, every hour, every minute, every second of my life. We've got to come to the realization and to the conclusion that I am nothing. I am nothing without Him. We've got to realize who He is. That He is my friend. He is my friend. He's the lover of my soul. He does not want to see me go to the pit of hell. He does not want to see me consumed by the devil. But He wants to see me victorious. He wants to see me living my life above the world above the traps of sin he wants my life to be victorious we must understand tonight he's my friend he loves me he knows what's good for me that's why he put a preacher a pastor in your life amen you see when everyone else walks out on you Jesus walks in Hallelujah. When the world looks down upon you, and when they look to your life as you at once, as you lived in this world, there were times that the world gave up on you. There were times that the world would look to you and society would say, you're no good you're just an outcast you're just you know you're worthless but when the world so called friends that we have in the world when they walk out and when they look at us and they just you know shake their heads and they say there's no hope Jesus Christ walks in and says I'll take care of them I'll pick them up I'll put their feet on solid rock I'll lead them I'll take them the world don't want them but I'll take them we must realize he's my strength he's my salvation he's my refuge he's my savior he's my precious deliverance nobody will ever love you like Jesus loves you I said nobody will love you like Jesus he loves you and nobody else loved you he cares about you and no one else cares Jesus loves you when you don't even love yourself How many lives have we seen? How many times have we read in our newspapers young teenagers, moms, and dads, and grandmothers and grandfathers that will go and take their lives? Reasons why they take their lives, sometimes we never know. But I believe with all my heart, if we come right down to the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T, the main reason why they take their lives is because they do not even love themselves. But I'm here tonight to tell you that Jesus loves you even when you don't love yourself. Jesus is a constant companion. Amen. He will not leave you. I said he will not leave you. The only time that there is ever a separation is when you leave Him. Hallelujah. I said the only time that there's ever a separation from you and God, He will not leave you, but it's when you turn and leave Him. Is there ever a separation? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to understand tonight, before this service is over, Jesus Christ is the best thing that will ever happen to your life. It's not wealth. It's not riches. It's not houses and lands and jobs and prestige. I'm telling you tonight, the greatest thing that will ever happen to your life is Jesus Christ. But we've often heard, many of us, and since I've come to this place, I've found it to be true that we all here tonight like a good bargain but as often I've heard it say, the phrase that one man's junk is another man's treasures. How many times have we gone down the road and seen a yard sale or a garage sale sign and we pull over to the side of the road and we go and we begin to look amongst items that the prior, you know, that individual that puts this stuff out. Hey, man, that if it don't sell, it's going in the garbage. <laughs> But here we come and we start going through uh, the things that they have placed out on a table and on their lawn. And, you know, and we begin to, you know, just dis- go through these, these discarded items and-, and we look upon something that we think within our hearts. I- I've got to have that. <laughs> One man's junk is another man's treasures. For there are treasure hunters today that are out looking for those things that have been discarded or those things that are thrown away. There are so many people today that uh, underestimate the value of discarded treasures. brother how how do you know because every day there are individuals that are going to places they're going to yard sales and garage sales secondhand stores and items that individuals felt there was no value of keeping it around any longer they were going to sell it for a price they would give it away if no one would give a price for their items and i want you to know that the reason why i can say tonight that there are so many people that underestimate the value of discarded treasures is because today we have people constantly looking around for things that people are discarding or wanting to throw away. You can drive down the city today to the streets of this city and you can see as people put their trash out at the curb. Many times you can see individuals going along the curbside looking through discarded trash. Looking for something that they could take home with them. A this? treasure that they do not want to part with even though it is something that one would like to put in the trash one that they would discard that they would throw away but to somebody it has become a valuable treasure unto them sometimes we discard items sometimes we discard things before we actually realize their value other times there are things that at one time had been of value to us. Then as the years have gone, as the years have passed, that in the that, that item, that thing that at one time had been of value did no longer hold its uh, sentimental value or its importance any longer. And so we feel that we have no longer any use for it. And at times we will put it in an obscure place uh, in the attic or down in the basement. Uh, We'll put it somewhere in a closet. And as time passes one day we'll find that item and we will have the, the thought that there's no value of it any longer to me. And we will discard it. And we will want to throw it away I want you to know there is those today that are discarding and throwing away some things that are priceless there are some today that are throwing away the things of God that is priceless unto me there are individuals today that walked out on God I want you to know my God is priceless to me there is nothing in this world that will ever be uh, of equal value (laughs) hallelujah it was related to me not long ago a story of a lady that was passing from this life and and before she passed she called her her family in and as she called them in they came around her bedside and, and there on the floor in a box was a large stone and they came to her bedside and they said there were some that looked at that stone and wondered Uh, what it it meant and and as the mother began to talk to her children and as her grandchildren was around the room she began to speak to her children about the things of years gone by she began to talk to them about things that meant so much to her and the more they talked and the the more that she began to uh, pour her heart out the more her children realized that she was not going to be around much longer. So the story goes on about how finally she asked her oldest boy to pick the box up that was there by the side of her bed. He picked it up and He put it upon the bed and she began to touch that stone and she began to relate to her children how this stone that was in this box had been in the family for generations and generation to generation they passed this this, this stone uh, uh, down through the family. And as she began to speak to her oldest boy, she began to call him by name and she began to say this. She called him by name and she said, son, I want you to take this stone. I want you to keep this stone and and one day when you get to be of, of full age, you can pass it down to your Children. And he began to uh, think and ponder the thought why would Mama want to give me such a stone? What uh, value would it really have? And the longer he heard uh, the story about how it had been through the family through generation after generation. In his mind, he began to think, well, what of how you really would it have to, to keep to, to let it take up space within my home? Finally, she said, son, uh, we really do not know. But there are those that say that this stone may be of some value. She said, please take it and, uh, and one day pass it on uh, to your children one day as his son was cleaning out the attic that he had put this box in with this stone within the box he began to clean out the uh, area of the attic and he was getting ready to discard items that was just taking up space and and there he looked upon this stone within this box and he began to recall that which mama had said unto him the more he thought of it the more he felt you know it's just a stone it's it's of no value there's nothing uh, value to it to keep it alone uh, in this house any longer he brought it downstairs and he set it on a table he began to speak to his wife and his children gathered around the stone and, and he began to tell his children the story that how when grandma was passing from this life he she gave this stone to me and began to explain how it had been in the family throughout generation after generation he Looked to his wife and said I really see no value to keep it around any longer it's just a stone The more he thought about the words that mama had spoken to him about how some say that it may be of some value. He spoke to his wife and said, I'm going to run to town. I'm going to take this box with this stone in it. And I'm going to take it and have someone look at it that may be able to tell me if it's worth anything or not. He took it into the town. He took it to a shop. He left it with the gentleman. And the gentleman uh, went into the back room and began to gaze upon it. Began to look at it. Began to study it. And the more he studied it, the more his eyes begin to glow, the more he began to research and the more he began to get excited about what he was looking at. And I don't know all the story, but I'm sure he may have called others to come and to examine it. And when it came down to the day that the young man was to come back to ask up the stone, as he walked through the doors, the man that stood behind the counter had a grin upon his face. The young man thought possibly he had, was going to be made a fool out of. He had already that he told the gentleman about to his mom and how she had said that there are those that said it had some value to it. He thought, "Why? Why did I bring this little uh, stone that was in this box to this man? I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be laughed at." And he walked in and he stood before the man behind the counter. And as he looked at him, that man looked at him with his eye aglowing and with a grin upon his face. He looked to that young man and said, "You don't know this. He's." Been Begin to tell him about this stone that was within the box and to the amazement of this young man it was told to him that what he possessed was the largest uncut diamond that was found in the world I want you to know tonight there are individuals that are trying to discard things that are of value to them and they don't even know it they walk into the house of God they sit under apostolic worship they sit and Here, preacher that'll preach the word of God and will tell them in order to enter into the kingdom of God, you must repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. You must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and they laugh and they say there's no value. But one of these days, heavens are gonna open, and the Lord's gonna come back for a pride. I want you to know it's valuable to the children of God, it's valuable. To the children of God. Hallelujah. 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 You better be careful of what you may try to throw away. I said, you better be careful if you begin to lose the value of the things of God. You better be careful. If the things of God become to you as worthless, hallelujah, I want you to know the things of God are priceless, it are those things that can never be replaced by anything in this world. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is a liken unto a treasure that was hidden in a field. And there was a man that went to work he began to work within this field and when he began to go forth and he began to to labor he came upon a chest that was hidden within the field when he first looked upon that chest it really did not look to be of any value you say brother hell the scripture doesn't say that read it when you first look as you come into the presence of God When you first walk into a Pentecostal service, at first, it doesn't look to be very valuable to you. When he looked upon the treasure chest, it was just a wooden box with handles upon it. But it really did not look to be of any value but when he opened it up and when he began to really get a hold of what was there when he began to touch and feel I want you to know the Bible says that he went and sold everything that he had so he could buy the field that that chest was in so he could have the gems and the treasure that was within that field I want you to know that when you come first to a Pentecostal church it may not look of any value to you but when you begin to experience it when you begin to get a hold of it when you begin to touch it and feel it you begin to feel the value of the things of God and you will go forth and sell everything give up the world in order to have the treasure that you have found Jesus went on to say a merchant went forth seeking goodly pearls And when he found that pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had so he could buy it. When I came to a Pentecostal church. I today may be reading your mail. When you came the first time to a Pentecostal church, your life was in shambles. Your life has been broken the world had really done you under the things that the world had to offer the things that you had searched and you thought this would this uh would possibly fill the hunger and the void of my heart and when you begin to partake of those things all you found it to be was trouble problems chaos turmoil and you could not for this life of you try to find something else that would satisfy the hunger of your heart Then you came to a pentecostal church and you begin to see pentecostal worship and you begin to hear the pentecostal message and something within you begin to churn there was something within you that began to to come and want what you're feeling and when you came to that place where jesus christ was able to put his arms around a about you. You are willing to give up the world for what you felt in that Pentecostal church. I'm here tonight to tell you, you'll never be satisfied with anything else once you have tasted the blessings of God. Once you have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, nothing in the world will be of equal value. Jesus told the woman, as I have already mentioned to you this week, Jesus told the woman at Jacob's well, He said, there is water that you drink of that will quench the thirst of the natural man. But He said, I have water that you can drink of. He was speaking of that spiritual water. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus knew the woman. He knew how she had searched through life trying to find satisfaction He knew her life, how she had lived with so many men. And how the one that she was living with now wasn't even her husband. He began to rehearse her life to him. How do you know, Brother Hale? Because the Bible says when she went to the city, she began to broadcast it. This man has told me everything that I have ever done. And when she heard those words of Jesus, when he began to rehearse unto her her life, she looked to him and she said, give me to drink. Let me have that water that you speak of, that I could drink of, that will satisfy the, cor- the thirst. Knowing that surely the blessings and the promises of God are priceless. Jesus said this, he said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his belly, I know. I know we preached about how the Scripture has said that when a man is thirsty, he can come to Jesus, and Jesus will fill the quince and fill that thirst, and that out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But we've got to understand there are those tonight that do not know the joy and the peace of the Holy Ghost. We are living in a city today That there are hungry hearts that are wanting to know what we know. They're wanting to know about this water that they could drink of which in John chapter 7, the Bible says the water that He spoke of was the Spirit of the living God that would come to those that would believe upon Him that they would receive. It was the Holy Ghost that would fall upon them. But at this particular time, the Holy Ghost had not yet been given because Jesus Christ had not as of yet been crucified, had not yet been buried in that tomb, had not as of yet been resurrected from the dead hallelujah but now is the day hallelujah that salvation has come to this house and if you're here tonight and you want to know what it's like to drink of the heavenly waters that can flow into this place you can come and experience it for yourself for this is the day of salvation this is the day that the Holy Ghost has fallen out upon those that will believe Jesus told Nicodemus He said, Nicodemus, he said, I know why you've come. We do not read it word for word, such as I may speak about tonight. But when Nicodemus said unto the Lord, he says, you know, he says, you're different. He says, you've got some things that that you can give to life that I've never seen before. See, Nicodemus was a man of prestige. He was a man of wealth. He was a man that could have anything that he ever desired to have. But when he came to Jesus, I believe the Lord looked into the heart of Nicodemus. And what he saw was a hunger. What he saw was a searching. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, in other words, he said, Nicodemus, I know what you're really looking for. I know what you've been searching for. You've been looking for peace. You've been looking to have a sound mind and a hope. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, Nicodemus was a religious man. But yet, Jesus said, Nicodemus, in order for you to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm not going to stand here tonight and tell you that what I'm about ready to say is what everyone believes. It's not a doctrinal theory. But it's something that I've researched and looked in the Word of God. It has boggled my mind that if it is true, it's very astonishing. Nicodemus was a man, was a ruler. And that word Nico means ruler. But Demas was his given name. And for those of you that know, that are already looking ahead to Scriptures, there was a man The same man called Nicodemus, the Bible says he was a secret disciple of the Lord. Because the Bible says he came to Jesus by night. Why? Because he was a man that sat upon the court. He did not want to be cast down from the position that he had. He was a secret disciple that was trying to count the cost. If living for Jesus, if serving and being a disciple of him, was it really what I was looking for? A secret disciple that came at night that was counting the cost. Is this what I want to do? But there came a time when Nicodemus came out of the night. And the Bible says that there came a time when Jesus was crucified. That it was Nicodemus that came to prepare his body. It was Joseph of Arimathea, another ruler, that also came, another secret disciple. And they both came to prepare the body of Jesus for burial. I believe that Demas came to a place in his life where there had to be a separation He realized that the position that he held may keep him from being a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He realized that there were other things that were more important. So he was willing to give up his occupation. And then Nicol was deleted from his name. For no longer was he a ruler, but he was now Demas. Say, Brother Hale, are you getting ready to say what I think you're getting ready to say? You say, Brother Hale, Nicodemus, could he possibly be that same Demas that Paul said, he hath forsaken me for the love of his present world? I'm not standing here tonight and tell you that that could be biblical truth, but look at it. We must understand that if Nicodemus was the one that came and helped Joseph of Arimathea prepare for burial the body of Christ, and if we begin to read that it was between 40 days afterwards that he walked with the disciples. It was 7 to 10 days the, during the Terrian time of Pentecost. I want you to understand that the book of Acts, the events of Acts only covers 32 years. So Nicodemus could have well been the one that Paul spoke about that he said Demas hath forsaken me. I wonder tonight why would such a man forsake that which was priceless unto him. I want you to understand tonight that there are many individuals today that underestimate the value of the things that God has given them. There are many of us that come and God gives us quite an experience that is unlike anything that this world has to offer. What causes us to walk out on God? We lose the value of the priceless, priceless things that God has given to us. We allow the devil to come in. We allow the devil to blind our eyes to the value of the things of God. We find ourselves as Israel did many times. They got their eyes off of Jehovah and they got their eyes on the things that the heathens had. And the Bible says in Hosea that there were many times that Israel continued cast aside the things that they needed most Hosea 8 and 3 said Israel hath cast off the things that is good so the enemy shall pursue them I want you to know if you get your eyes off of Jesus if you get back out into that world and if you as a dog goes back to your vomit I want you to know if the pig goes back after you cleaned him up he'll run back to his watering Whole. He'll go back to the mud and the mire. I want you to know we need to realize the value of what God has given to us. Somewhere, if all my searching and research and what I have spoken to other ministers about is true, demons somewhere got his eyes off of Jesus and his eyes on the things of the world. Somewhere, he did not get rid of his past life. Somewhere, he allows some things to stay around. He didn't get rid of certain items, but he allowed them to tag along. He didn't clean house. I said he didn't clean house. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want you to know tonight, we need to realize the value of what God has given to us and get rid of those things that will destroy our lives that's why the scriptures within the Old Testament when God spoke to his people Israel when they were going into the promised land he said destroy all of your enemies he said destroy them all don't let one of them live don't let one of them continue to be where they are but destroy them and there came a time when Jehovah said to Israel he said because you've allowed your enemies to stay because you did not destroy them off the face of the earth I'm going to allow them to be a prick in your eye and a thorn in your flesh. I want you to know if you do not realize the value of the things of God, other things that you once loved that you once cherished they will begin to try to bulldoze their way back into your life and they will try to take control and they will try to pull in your heart once again destroy them now you realize the value of the things of God get rid of the world get rid of the world get rid of the world realize how priceless commodity the things of God really are don't lose the value don't lose the value of the things of God do not forget the benefits of serving Jehovah don't let the devil blind you of the benefits of Of serving Jesus. When you realize the value. Of your worship. Don't lose it. I said when you realize the value of your worship. Don't lose it. The devil will try to tell you. It's not called for. The devil will try to tell you he, that's not needed. But I'm here tonight to tell you don't lose the value of the things that God has given to you. Don't lose the value of your worship to Jehovah. Don't lose the value of becoming the, the house of God and putting yourself with everything you've got in your praise and in your worship unto God. Because if you don't worship the Lord you will worship something else. I said, if you don't worship the Lord, there will be something else that will begin to take place. Amen. And you will begin to worship something. You might as well give your worship to that that is a value. I said, you might as well give your worship to that which is a value. A fear, a fear tonight. I will be the first to say that this is as a different message than I've preached this far in this revival. But as I spoke to the Lord today, you know, as every evangelist, he would love to see us as we shout, and swing on the chandeliers, figure speech, run the aisles, scuff the walls, you know. That's what an evangelist likes to see. It makes him feel good. But I'm here tonight to tell you this. We can run. And we can jump. And we can shout. And we can dance. And while you are doing those things, you can begin to lose the value of really what God has given you. There are churches in this community, I've never been to them, What I could possibly say because I've been to other places other cities, other states other countries and they worship like we worship they run, they dance, they jump, they holler, they scream but there are some things that God has given to every one of us that better, better put a love in your heart more than just the dance, the run, and the shout. But I like when Brother Character begins to change the, the style of song, the beat. He began to sing, Lord, I want to love you more than I ever had before you see because I've seen individuals come into the church and I've seen them run I've seen them shout I've seen them jump but I also have seen the devil come in and blind them from this truth he takes them to the church down the street and he says look they shout like you shout They run like they run. They dance like they dance. They claim to have the Holy Ghost, speak in other tongues. But look, look how they get to dress. Look to the places they get to go to. Oh, what I, why am I in this thing tonight? Am I in this for just a shout, jump, run? Oh God, am I here tonight because I love you? Because you changed my life. You gave me peace. You gave me something to live for. My life was in shambles. My life was broken pieces. And when I came to this Pentecostal church, I felt something that I would searched for for a long time. You gave me peace. You gave me joy. I searched the world I searched those things and tried those things that the world said would give me excitement and joy. But God, nothing that I ever tried in this world can ever compare to what I received at that apostolic Pentecostal altar. I'm fearful tonight that there are some that are here tonight that are losing the value. what it really means to live for God if it's just the shout and the run you need to come to an altar and you need to find out once again what the love of God is all about I want us to close our eyes you're going to have to forgive me I don't think I've ever finished the message this whole revival there comes a time and we need to let the Holy Ghost move into this place I look at individuals today and I see them as they begin to wander off begin to let down on some things that are of value. They begin to discard some things that are of importance. And I have heard, I have heard many that have come and they have said, Brother Hale, why are we so strict? Why do we have such high standards? And I have looked to many young people and I have told them, I said, you need to get off of the negative. You need to quit looking at it as being a chain around your neck and shackles around your ankles. But when we talk about the standards of the church, you need to look at it in a positive, positive way. It is not something to keep you chained to the church. But it is a standard for your protection. That's why we say we do not go to the bars. We do not go to the dance hall. Because there's evil influences there. For those are the places that Jesus delivered us from when He filled us with the Holy Ghost. When He delivers you from alcohol, He does not deliver you that you can go back and go to those places. And you know, and lift shoulders with those same individuals. Individuals. But when He fills you with His Spirit, He makes you an overcomer of those things. Do not cast away priceless commodities that have been given to you from God, but cherish them, love them. I'm not here tonight, I'm not standing behind this pulpit, and I'm not going to tell you that we shouldn't dance, we shouldn't run, we shouldn't jump. We need that. We need that. We need that. It's like having an automobile. But if you don't put any fuel in the tank, you're not going anywhere. And that's what worship will do for you. It'll be that fuel that'll keep you going. But if that's all, if that's all that you've got, you're losing the value of what it is like to come and fall at the feet of Jesus. You see, Samson, Samson was a man. His life was dedicated to the Lord. There came a time that he knew of his weaknesses. He knew of his downfalls. and I'm reading between the lines tonight. But you read in Samson's life there were times that he fell and there were times that he went back on his vow. But you can read many times where he went back. And I read here tonight, if I can take it in a spiritual sense, the Bible says that when he went to Judah, he went to the rock. He went up to the rock, Edom. him. We look at that today when we speak about the rock. The rock today is simplified by Jesus Christ. He is the rock. The rock of my salvation. And when Samson had gone to the rock, there were those that came and they tried to pull him from that rock. You see, there are those today that will try to blind you they will try to keep you from seeing the value of what God has given you. And when Samson came and the enemy was there, they began to shout against him. The enemy was shouting because they thought, now we've got him where we want him. But somewhere from that time that he was at the rock, he received a spiritual strength. When he came down from where he was, he was. He had something within him. When the enemy shouted against him, God gave to him a jawbone. He picked up a jawbone and he slew, the Bible says, a thousand men therewith. The problem with Samson was he constantly was losing the value those things that God had given to him and once again as you read throughout the life of Samson he constantly was losing the value of his vows the value of his dedication and at this particular time God had given him another victory in his life and that which he gave the victory with Samson looked upon it after he had slew those thousand men and he cast it away the fear tonight that there are some that are losing the value of their experience. And when Samson began to die of thirst, when you begin to, as I preached last night, you begin to lose the touch of the Spirit of the Lord as it begins to move. You are as Samson was at this particular time. He felt He was dying of thirst. He needed another drink, but yet he had lost touch. And the Lord was gracious. And that very jawbone that Samson had cast aside, the Lord used it again to give Samson his strength. The Bible says that water came from the ground. It filled that jawbone that lay there with water. Samson went to that jawbone and picked it up. And there was a hollow place within that jaw that the Lord, the Bible says, he clave it. And Samson took that jawbone and began to drink once again. Can we stand tonight? Oh, tonight there's some that would say, Well, Brother Hale, we want to shout. We want to run. But God, take me back. Take me back to that altar, God, once again. where I could recognize once again the value. The value of what you mean to me. Would you close your eyes? Oh, Our visitors. Saints. Close your eyes tonight. Will you let the Spirit of the Lord begin to speak to your heart. In prayer today I did not know who would be here tonight. I did not know as I was laying there on the floor as I was calling out to the Lord. I begin to feel so heavily. Heavily I begin to feel that there are individuals that are losing the value. are really losing the value of those things of God. church to them is just if it's convenient I'll be there it's not any longer that which draws me to go because it was there that the Lord delivered me from the things of this world that had me in bondage the longer that I lay there the longer that I've talked to the Lord the longer as I felt my spirit within me it began to feel the touch of God and I began to as it was almost as to hear the voice of God I felt as though he was saying that there are those there are those today in the world because of all of the corruption in religion and I thought as your pastor last night was speaking about Particular man, a particular individual, a particular group, denomination. It's before all the ears to hear. She began to, you know, talk about his personal life and that it was no one's business what he did, how he ran around with prostitutes and all. He says, none of your business. And my fear that came over me today was that's what our world is looking at. And no longer do they feel the value of the things of God because of those that have corrupted it, those that have sinned against it. I said, God, don't let me lose the value of what you've given me. Don't let me lose the value. Of my experience. God, don't let me forget what you brought me from. Every eye closed. I feel tonight that there are some visitors that are here tonight. Visitors here that your life, oh, you may not want to openly expose deep down the feelings that you have but there have been times that you lay upon your bed there have been times during the day that you have that in your mind you begin to think what is there to live for is serving God real here tonight to tell you that if you allow the Holy Ghost to be a part of your life, if you allow the Spirit of the Lord to fill you, if you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost the Bible way, Acts 2-4 says that when they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. The speaking of tongues is the evidence that an individual receives the Holy Ghost. It is nothing that we teach you. It is nothing that you learn. It is nothing that you repeat. But you speak it as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I want to open these altars tonight. I want to open these altars tonight. First of all, I want to open it to those that are here. Maybe you don't have the Holy Ghost, but maybe you, you've searched this word for, world for something to live for, something to satisfy the hunger of your heart. There's a song that says, when you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. When you've gone everywhere and when you've found nothing there, right jesus and i feel tonight besides opening these altars to those that would like to come to have a genuine experience and be filled with the holy ghost by the evidence of speaking in the tongues it's easy to receive you repent of your sins you change you no longer live your life in the world you give your life to jesus christ get baptized in Jesus' name in a watery grave for the remission of sins. Your sins are washed away. You can receive the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking of the tongues before you're baptized, or you can receive it after you're baptized. It's easy. It's not hard. It's just when you surrender your heart to God, it'll happen. Oh, the altars are open tonight. I feel that there are individuals here that would like to come once again fall on their face before God. Fall on their face before God and fall in love with Jesus. Lord, help me tonight. Help me tonight, God, to fall in love with you. Help me, God, to fall in love with you. Don't cast away Don't cast away that which is important to your life. There are individuals here tonight that this week has been a new week in your life. This week you have received the Holy Ghost. This week you...